welcome to Box Cutters episode 323. Don't say that with a semi-straight face. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Dave Lawson. Nice to join you guys. Um, uh, nice to be joining your, your listeners on the tram or in the lounge room or in the bedroom, wherever they listen to the, or on the train, or on the plane. So awkward. And to my right, <laughs> Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Just, uh, what's with the awkward Lawson? That was very so awkward. I, what do you mean? I'm just, just, we could be anywhere. Couldn't, we we could so, be. I'm just we, not putting a time evening. or place we, on it. It's not an evening. It's not even evening. It might not even be evening. It might be you, morning. You could, it could, could be, but it really, it really sounded like you were asking for an alibi. <laughs> Special hello to those out at night with the uh, headphones in walking the dog laughing out loud. <laughs> this one's for you. This just turned into like creepy dedications. John Mitzi is our special guest donor. Welcome, John. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for for donating to to our South by Southwest fund. I'm glad that you had fun in Texas. We we had we had a ball in Texas. We I learnt... had no brisket though. You had no brisket. I had no brisket. I was hoping I would get some brisket. Then we'd bring it back but, for you. Yeah, John Mitzi, what do you like to watch on television? Anything that does not have commercials. So th- th- that includes, I'm guessing, things that uh, you've managed to uh, obtain on DVD, uh, obtain via the uh, via the web or via the internet, if you say downloading from iTunes, uh, via, via torrents, legal or otherwise, uh, things on the ABC, uh, things on the SBS from 1993. Not so much the 1993s. A little bit far back. <laughs> 99, they still didn't have ads in the shows. So speaking of a little, 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 fa- little bit far back, you've, uh, you've been listening to Box Cutters for a while. You, you've been, you've been a member of episode B. Right. That's, uh, so that's our second year. Yeah. Brother. So, yeah, you've, yeah you, you've been part of the, the Box Cutters family for a long time. We, we really appreciate you. Where uh, do you normally listen to it? On a tram or on a tram? While I'm driving. You, while you're driving. Driving to and from See? work? Oh, go. yeah. Did, we say in car, did you say in the car before? Mm-hmm. I think I said covered that off. You, you may you may have covered that off. I don't know. It was long list. We'll, we'll play through the tape later. And so you just you enjoy watching anything without ads. Mm. Can you be more specific? A little bit more specific. Um, I'm watching American Horror Story at the moment, season two. How really good, good is how good is season two? So it really makes season one. Those nuns just, definitely makes season one just look like a piece of. Cra- oh, season one was a piece of crap. But season two is like, it's really good TV horror. No aliens in season one though. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Not liking that angle. Continuum. That's I like watching Continuum. Yeah, mm. bit of Canadian science fiction. So did did that pick up? Because I only watched the first few episodes of of that. Did that did that get better? Continuum. Did it get better? More continued along the same trajectory. Had a reasonable conclusion. Opened up some more room for season two to go to. Later on in uh, in the show, we're going to be uh, speaking to Kate Pappas and Ben Erickson, who created a, a documentary for ABC2 called Future Radicals, and they use a, a very literal comic book treatment uh, for uh, for their documentary. But I find that uh, that Continuum has kind of the feel of of a comic book storytelling. Uh, that's that's one of the things that's really that I think Canada has gotten right. And later on in the show, we'll also be talking about. The uh, the TV show Arrow, mm-hmm. and maybe see how America may, might get that wrong. We are hopefully, if we have time, going to have some letters to box cutters as well. We've got one thing, we've got pork, we've got things. Uh, no, what places you have strayed with Brenna Courtney Glazebrook? As always, though, we're going to kick things off 
with the box cutters. Please. Pretty much all of our news this week is just one-liner. Uh, it's PayTV announces uh, its boost to local content spend at an Astra uh, media event at Parliament House in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Steve Brax, who is who's our, a lobbyist for who's PayTV, head, head lobbyist for, for Astra, announced uh, its uh, increased spend in uh, local content, including a lot into local drama last year and how it just uh, plans to improve that trend later uh, in, in the coming year. I was saying before we started recording the show that I think this year has been really great for Australian drama. And then someone said, oh, but you mean on the ABC? And yes, unfortunately, I, I, I do. And it's, it's not all been great. I mean, I, I watched the first half of uh, Mystery of a Handsome Cab uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was uh, just the same tedious costumey crap that we've seen from the ABC. It was like mm-hmm. they just they they had the they had the sets for Miss Fisher Mystery Murders Murders Mysteries sitting around doing nothing. sitting around doing nothing. Maybe we can uh, we could use some of that. Uh, but uh, shows like uh, Lowdown, which uh, Dave Lawson stars in, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, do you know him, Dave? No, no, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great guy. Mm, uh, and uh, and uh, what else? Oh, Rake. I thought season two of Rake oh, has, has been really good. Right. And uh, and Jack Irish. Watched both Jack Irishes over the weekend. Uh, just just before ABC took them off iView. Oh, uh, and that was God. fantastic. Was, uh, guy Pierce uh, with an Australian actor. Did, did you know he was an Australian actor, Brent? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'm so just confused. The uh, the ABC and uh, and uh, Astra are doing their bit for uh, Australian drama, but uh, no one else is. Uh, there was going to be a spin-off series about the Shroots from The Office. Shroot Farms. Uh, and Aaron Paul was lined up to do it. From, yeah, uh, Breaking Bad. Oh. And uh, and 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 what's his name who plays Dwight? Uh, he was he was all set all set to do it. Rain and uh, now yeah, sure. And Rain Wilson as well. Uh, and Wilson Phillips. They're all going to do it. Mm. Uh, and now they're not. Who decided not to? I don't know. I don't care. There's just there Why was. Why would they do not. that? Probably because it wasn't a very good idea. So much comic fodder there. No, I think it's a one joke thing. I think it's great when it's brought up from time to time in references in the office, but uh, I, I I think it would be very hard to. Uh, You're just an office hater. No, no, I'm not. I I, I like it. I, I watch it all the time. I really am. Uh, Dan Harmon, who uh, is the creator of Community, uh, one of the greatest shows ever, according to uh, our friend Ben McKenzie. At a bit of a loose end now. Well, no, now he has uh, he has 10 episodes of an animated uh, comedy to make for Adult Swim. Oh. Uh, and uh, and better cameras are, are getting cheaper. Sony's, uh, Sony's announced a, a 4K camera that will cost somewhere between sixteen and $60,000. Bargain. Uh, uh, Why well, are they calling it a 4K camera if it costs that much? Sure. Because uh, 4K. It's, it's uh, the 4K is the quality of digital uh, that you can. So it's confusing. 
it's yeah, it's easy. isn't it? Yeah. So these are these are high definition digital cameras, and uh, they're just making them cheaper and cheaper. So it is going to be a lot easier for people to make local drama cheaply. Stop mm. your whinging. Buy yourself a camera. Get on board. Apparently, according to Dave Lawson, they're only four thousand dollars. Brett Cropley. Australia's Got Talent uh, was unceremoniously dumped by Channel 7, but Channel 9 snapped it straight up. Uh, so that, does that mean uh, Danny Minogue now uh, has a home at, uh, at Channel 9? Uh, yeah, she's the only one that's uh, going across with the show. And that is the Box Cutters News. Hey, it's Paul Hoffman from Steampunks. You're listening to Box Cutters. Love you. Bye, dickheads. We're sitting here with uh, Kate Pappas and Ben Erickson, who are the writers, directors, one of them, a producer, of the, uh, only one of them, I'm going to let you guess which one, Brett, you, you, can, you can guess, I'm not going to tell you, uh, of the upcoming ABC2 documentary called Future Radicals, part of the ABC's opening shot series of documentaries in which the ABC made it possible, kind of gave the opportunity for five sets of filmmakers uh, around the country to create a TV documentary, paired them up with uh, with some production companies, maybe gave them some cash. I don't know. They're not very clear about it in the media release. So I've got, I've got an idea, Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave, I've got an idea. So we've, we've got Ben and Kate here in the studio. Mm-hmm. They've gone through this process. Do you uh-huh. think we should ask them about it, or should we just we just guess? Just guess. So, what would you guess? Um, did you get money from the ABC to make this? How does it? How does it? How did it work? That's a that's shit guess. A that's guess. not a guess. That's just a question. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. Let's get something start. You guys, you made a, a documentary about this group, Anonymous, which I, I only know about because I, I know them because they wear the, the masks and they could shut my computer down if they wanted to. So I don't want to say anything well, your computer, bad about Your computer's busted. Yeah, it's gone. So, I've, got the, so, I've got the blue screen on my computer. So it could have been you, anonymous. You think who, that was a coincidence? <laughs> that I mentioned they, the name anonymous seen, and suddenly my computer's gone blue? They, they've already seen Dave Shedd's show. <laughs> they, they shut it down. Yes. Uh, so, but the question I'll know, you've made a documentary about these guys. How do you find them? If they're uh, anonymous, Kate. How do you physically find them? Yeah, because because you do you do have an interview with uh, with a, a guy in a Guy Fawkes mask. Yeah. Um. How do you find them? It takes a long time, uh, and most of the finding process is, is involved in is um trust gathering. So sort of putting your feelers out there, making connections with people, getting people to believe that you actually are not trying to do some kind of a current affair type job on them, and you know keep yeah. perpetuating the myth. Um. And Sort of, if you have you know sort of similar values and beliefs, they kind of trust you a bit more. So it actually took us a really long time. Mm. How long? Because Jen Jen Amara was our researcher, and she was sort of out there, sort of meeting people and going to Occupy, and you know going to forums and chat rooms, and we had a little how do you do IRC day, <laughs> which was quite yeah. fun. One of the other complications with it, I mean, there are, there are two things. It's it's hard to find the genuine. Um, the, the genuine anonymous. I mean, it's very easy to find anonymous. I mean, let's be clear, to, to join anonymous, all you need to do is own a computer and call yourself anonymous. That is it. That is the extent. Mm, so yeah. so half the battle is to try and find people who are actually in on the more interesting events uh, that we wanted to talk about. So that was a real tricky thing because they're a naturally distrustful community. I mean... You know, the the, the fair reason. It's in the name, isn't it? You know? And um and they're also 
they 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 don't like to um, they they like to string you along a bit too. You know, they're they're a playful community. So they like to troll you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but they're they're, ba- they're based around they're, they're based around trolls. Yeah. Uh, were, were you worried? I mean, trolls trolls at the moment. Uh, the villain of the mainstream uh, media. Oh, they get a bad rep. <laughs> uh, but a, but a lot of them are just just people trying to have have fun. But there, there's always the, the the big chance of blowback, isn't it's there? It's a bit of a piss take. Yeah. That's one of the attractive things about I think anonymous and how they approach things is it's, it, they actually have a really quite sort of dark sense of humour. Yeah, uh, and that is how they approach things. So, for example, I think we were talking about this when you first saw the message of Scientology video. You watched it really late when I went, Whoop! that's really goes quite intense, and then watched it again the next day and realised that it was actually a joke. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah. I mean, to put that in context, it was about four in the morning when I first watched the video. I'd just been trolling through, trawling, trawling <laughs> uh, through all these anti-Scientology videos. I was a bit obsessed with that as a cause at the time. And all of a sudden, so I'm seeing all these, you know, really graphic stories about mistreatment and, you know, all these claims of abuse. And then suddenly I see this this video pop up on my screen, which is just this disconnected robotic voice saying, you know, we're anonymous and we're going to wage war against you. And, and there was a little part of me that went, oh, my God, these guys are going to take down the universe until... The next morning, when I finally had a bit of sleep and 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 and, and realised it was just a, you know tipping your hat to all the movies that I'd grown up with watching, and it was actually quite funny. So I, I think that's a good, it's a good way to look at Anonymous. You know, they they're they're a mixture of a group. They you know, as so far as you can call them a group, they they have a um, you know they're really really into into the the humour as much as they are into doing what they believe in. And the other thing is that um, the whole point of Anonymous is to is sort of the counter-celebrity or counter-kind of leader idea. So no one in Anonymous is meant to claim that they're anonymous in as much as the claiming responsibility or, or doing things because it counter, um, counteracts what they're trying to do. So it's really, really hard. <laughs> but, so, but, but you can have, do it, yeah. I but mean, we have... And, and I, I don't want this to just turn into a, a, a segment about Anonymous because that's kind of useless for our topic. But the uh, they, they do have uh, people who speak on the behalf of of Anonymous. That's so, right, yeah. So when you're organising to interview someone from, from Anonymous, how can you be sure that they're speaking... Are they speaking from their own point of view? Are they speaking from the point of view of of the mass of anonymous? Uh, that's really tricky as well because you can never actually. It's very few people. <laughs> it's very um, catch twenty two <laughs> constantly. But um, in order to speak on behalf of anonymous, it, it kind of goes against being part of anonymous because no anonymous member will actually speak on behalf of the collective. However, there are people. The anonymous is divided into bullhorns who are sort of media reps. Uh, which is what Anoniops is, who you'll see in the film. Um, and then there's the sort of more hacker types, and the hacker types are virtually impossible to get to speak about anything. Um, they're really, really secretive, and, you know, for good reason, because they're, they're actually involved in more of the illegal activities and are probably being sort of followed by the FBI and God knows who else. But, yeah, so it's kind of split in those two ways. And the more senior you are in Anonymous, the more likely you are to speak out. So lower down the chain, the more people are more worried about being sort of told off or doxed or DDoSed by other anons for speaking out. The other thing that goes with that, though, is Anonymous is kind of, you know, they 
they're really people find it very difficult to talk about anonymous as it you know they, everyone finds it difficult to describe what anonymous is and the the way i've had it best sort of described is it's it's like um youtube so anonymous is basically um it, anonymous is basically loads of people putting their input into one under one banner so it would be ridiculous to say that youtube took down such and such website and such and such date in the same way as it's ridiculous to say anonymous uh, took down a website on such and such date it's people just using that moniker so when they're talking about or they're doing interviews with us they're not talking on behalf of the entire hive mind they might not even be talking about you know the, the sort of splinter cell that they're attached to they might only be talking about their own personal experiences so you never quite know is the truth can i ask you guys what came first was it the idea for this documentary or opening shot uh, did you hear about this um the, did abc take submissions for this opening shot so um, open, project is it so opening shot yeah they put a call out in i think i don't know april or something last year and um ben and i've worked together on a few other projects and we had an idea um, that we still think is really awesome, <laughs> but um, couldn't get off the ground because the contributor was not able to commit to it. Um, so we're just like, oh no, we've got to commit, we've got to, we've got to submit something in. And then Ben sort of thought, why don't we do something about um, hacktivism and, and anonymous? And then from there, we kind of applied the similar treatment that we're going to do to the other project, which is using the graphics and the illustration uh, and the animation to this, and sort of got very excited and quite carried away. And then so you shortlisted. Is that from? So you so you submit. I think there were five hundred or hundred. I can't remember. There was hundred and something. I can't remember. Someone's told me, but I've forgotten. But over a hundred, let's just say, uh, applications nationwide, and then you go around to a short list of I'm not sure how many, maybe sixteen, and then I think they were going to choose either five or six, and they ended up choosing five in the end. And in Victoria, I think three of the projects were Victorian. One was um, from South Australia and one was from New South Wales. And does everyone get the same amount of cash to make the... Yeah, so, uh, yeah so ABC and Screen Australia, who also um, partnership in this, they ABC too, they give you, um, I think it's 40k each yep. to go towards the documentary. Any extra funding you can get, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, ABC were really helpful to us and they, they sort of gave us in-kind archive which helped our budget kind of a lot because there's a lot of archive in the film yeah. and that's actually quite expensive. But, yeah, so it's split 50-50 um, as a grant from Screen Australia and uh, equity from, from ABC And a whole too. lot of favours. Did you have to call in a few favours on this yeah. one? Some people don't talk to me anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we finished the film. <laughs> that's all that matters. The, uh, the, the uh, production uh, style is, is really interesting. You, you, you said that you do, uh, you, you do graphic style to it, but you've made it look like a comic book. What was the what was the idea behind making it look like a comic book? Did you think if you can if you can take this out of reality, or this is the sort of uh, story that you would ordinarily only see in comic books? I just realised we both nodded at you then instead of saying something. It's well, very, these, these mics pick up nods. I can they're magic mics. I mean, I I can um, I remember wanting to. I mean, the graphics treatment was a it was a real mission in itself because we went through loads and loads of different ideas you know at one stage we wanted to put it purely in the internet realm and bring that you know the internet to life but the one thing we were very clear on from the start is the the quickest way to make this film unengaging was to put loads and loads of people 
sitting at a computer and typing because that's what hacking looks like you know in your imagination it's you know it's these these guys with masks on you know breaking into somewhere they shouldn't be but the reality is it's possibly someone possibly male possibly slightly overweight possibly hasn't showered in days sitting on his in on his computer uh, with dorito crumbs on his belly i mean it's actually visually so, so it's hey, not so very hey, exciting on, it's a Angelina Jolie and uh, and Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's that's my. Understanding. I've seen that film. Right, you're saying that's not realistic. Is oh, that... look, I, I can't comment on another person's <laughs> film, obviously, but you know. Um, but that said, you know, so what we wanted to do was to try and come up with a way that that made it, you know, visually exciting and. So we went through loads of different ideas, but the reason the comic book thing sort of um, seemed to suit the best was that's. In my in my heart of hearts, that's what a lot of these guys are. They they want to be, you know, they want to be superheroes, but they have a limited skill set. And as part of Anonymous, they can find their own way to to bend the will of, of public opinion or bend the will um, of, of the internet around to their own way. And I think a lot of their cultural identity comes from popular culture. So it made sense in a way to sort of borrow from that rather than, you know, your sort of war games or, you know, your other sort of um, hackers type films. It's, it was, mm. it made more sense to go in that direction. The other uh, thing we wanted, so the other thing we wanted to really get across was entering a different world. So we are in this sort of reality, this world now. Um, what happens in sort of once you get into IRC chat rooms or the Darknet or MeshNet or whatever you want to call it, it is another sort of abs- quite abstract concept, but um, an alternate sort of universe. And the comic books really allow you to go into that world, I think. And I think over the course of how long it took us to make it, we the, the graphic ideas shifted and changed a lot, but the comic book element was always quite strong. Obviously, it's a really good storytelling device. <laughs> so did you have people working uh, with you on, on that? Oh, people, uh, yep. Uh, lots of One people. person, One yep. person. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, um, the illustrations were... Um, were Jane Green, uh, who's a friend of mine from Sydney, who's a very talented artist, um, created the illustrations. Hmm. Uh, and then she sent them across to us and then we had um, two people just using After Effects... Um, yeah, we had a very, very short time to do it. Mm. I, I'm interested in the... Because uh, uh, the, the, the comic book aspect also, uh, Anonymous, their uh, their chosen mask is the uh, the Guy Fawkes mask from... Uh, from v for Vendetta. V Vendetta, which is a DC Comics uh, production. DC is owned by Warner Brothers. So every time... Uh, it, it, every time they they wear, and you, you've just made the shush face at me, <laughs> which which is actually part of my next question. Having uh, having all of those Guy Fawkes masks, on, so so other than the fact that Anonymous just seems to be just a shill for uh, for big Warner Brothers, uh, big <laughs> big Hollywood studios, uh, you've got a lot of Guy Fawkes masks in uh, in the show. Did you have to get clearance or is... I mean, I know you don't want to talk about it, but... Uh, to, no, we didn't to, get clearance for it specifically. I think... To, to, some of it is from is from television footage. Uh, so, sorry, from found footage. You've got found footage of uh, crowds wearing Guy Fawkes masks. Yeah, so we've used that as actuality. So in terms of... Um, there's Anonymous generally believe in Creative Commons. Uh, Warner Brother don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Water Brothers—they're big on copyright. They're Brett. really That's big on a, copyright. Have um, you not? 
I'll tell you all about copyright later. It's, it's <laughs> really it's really interesting. Fascinating half hour. Um, yeah, no, uh, we didn't use anything from V for Vendetta for that reason um, because the actual process of getting copyright and permission to use that was actually really lengthy and involved and we just didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of we've got uh, archival footage of people wearing anonymous masks and that we've licensed the archival footage of a third-party source, so... If they're free to license to it, we're free to use it. But it is a really tricky one because it is a, it's a trademarked image. Mm-hmm. I always think of the episode of The Simpsons where the grey men come out and just <laughs> everything's copywritten and you can't say or tap dance into anything. So it's you could like blur the mask. <laughs> this is what this is off the topic. See, where but we, was he? <laughs> did, did you ever? You know when they have courtroom drawings and yeah. they blur the drawing. Yeah, What's the yeah. point of that? <laughs> Isn't that why that's, they do a drawing? No, that's that's like a mark of respect to the courtroom artist saying your art <laughs> is too realistic. We couldn't even get close. To, could you just put like a Gracho Marx nose and glasses on that guy? The <laughs> so so I, I did I, I did find that very interesting. You, so you didn't. Uh, it, it was it was too difficult, too expensive. Your forty thousand dollar budget didn't allow for all the lawyers that would need to go into wearing. But at, but at the same time, the inclusion of the mask and uh, and you have uh, an interview with a member of Anonymous who's wearing the mask at the time, and also interestingly, white gloves. I'm guessing just in case someone <laughs> could. Enhance his, in, enhance his fingerprints mm-hmm. and work out who he is from the television. I've seen No Way Out. It's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the problem with high-definition television now, Brent. It's not fingerprint-proof. Uh, we also did some other things where it was a lot of images that we you know, couldn't afford to buy, um, a lot of archive food. I mean, thank God for Russian TV news, which is... Uh, archive for socialists so basically it's free any archive news footage that they've got in there is free which is great otherwise we probably couldn't have afforded to make even if it doesn't fit just yep, use well, some Russian just put yeah, some filter over it change it just <laughs> <laughs> whack something in this no, is but- Vladimir Putin may may not be speaking about anonymous <laughs> in this clip he may just be standing outside the Kremlin um, no we also we had another graphic artist um, help us to, to recreate images that existed um, so we could use them for example some images you may see of Julian Assange, we've created mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, right. Because so he's trademarked? He, I don't know who took the photo of it, so we can't use it. Um, so He's like the Marilyn Monroe of our time. Julesy. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there's ways around things when you don't have huge budgets. Hopefully they're all legal. We'll find out <laughs> soon <laughs> enough. Well, I, I think... <laughs> That's uh, what we did, yeah. Uh, you know, the ABC tends to be pretty careful about mm. stuff like this, uh, and even even ABC Two, which no one watches. So the hey. yet what yet what <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It's, Dave, how could you say such a thing? Mm, sorry, it's, yeah. Uh, the so, so it's it's an interesting political point, and uh, and an interesting copyright point as well. I, you know, I think copyright law is a bunch of ass, but. Uh, the- Depends on the context, though. Like, I mean, I can understand people wanting to... I See, I, I go in two different directions. I, I absolutely believe in Creative Commons. I have put in, you know, certain bits and pieces that I've made up for Creative Commons. I don't know if anyone's used it or not, but, you know, it's out there. But at the same time, I, I think there is a place for intellectual copyright. The way it's The way it's applied today... I, th- I think it's outdated and outmoded and we need to find a new way to apply it. But Very hard to legislate. Yeah, I think, you know, and, 
you know, obviously I can't condone downloading of uh, illegal BitTorrent, but I don't know that because, I see a problem with cause it. Because we, we condone that. You <laughs> <laughs> can, I can't. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of the, the basis of our show. Uh, the... So, so you've gone, you've gone through this process. When did you uh, have to apply for uh, opening shot, and uh, until now, what's the, what's the length of time? Uh, we that? applied. I think it was something like July twenty first, two thousand and eleven. Mm. Uh, we found out that we were successful probably the end of October again, two thousand and eleven. We theoretically started on it around about then, but didn't really mm. um, until probably February. Um, and then we, God, how long were we in the edit for? Like eight weeks, I think. Mm. And then we pretty much turned the graphics around in three. Wow. Illustrations and graphics mm. in three, yeah. Um, which was, thanks, Jane. A really, um, big thanks really, to Jane. Big thanks to Jane and Nick and Sam. Um, it was really intense. The last three weeks getting to meeting deadline because I had a holiday to get to. <laughs> um, it was really intense for everyone involved. What, what sort um, of training did you go through before? Training. Yeah, so... So, did you have you studied filmmaking? Have you uh, studied documentary making? You just wanted to. You've... We've both worked in the industry for a while, um, working on other people's projects. Yeah. So, probably. Yeah, quite I never a while, got yeah. any. I never got any training in television. I just learnt on the job. So it's yeah. all just self-taught. Yeah. And, well, and... not self-taught. I mean. It's more that, uh, I mean, some of it is self-taught, but you get a job as, you know, in my case, it was an assistant editor and I wanted to be an editor. So I did everything I could to be an editor, which involved, you know. Um, being an assistant editor. Being an assistant <laughs> editor, you know, showing, making cuts in my own time and showing them to the bosses until finally I started being an editor and so on and so forth. I mean, that's, in my experience, and most of the people that are in television haven't got degrees in in anything, uh, you know, to do with film. I mean, uh, there's a couple of guys I'm thinking of. One's got a degree in archaeology. One's got a degree. My first ever boss had a. De- uh, it was one exam away from being a, a marine biologist. I mean, it's mm. it's, it's a great books. background. It's a great background for TV. Now you mentioned earlier that you uh, you had another idea for a, another documentary you wanted to make. Is has is this going to help you get that up, do you think? Or have you had interest yet? Nothing will help us get it up unless the guy wants to actually be involved in it, oh, um, okay. which he does. It's quite a complicated um, scenario, which involves convincing his mother to be involved as well. Um, it's a political story about a refugee, which he wanted to tell okay. sort of through um, using a graphic novel. Let, let's um, just say the Marilyn Monroe of our time. No. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, let's, let's make it a South American Marilyn Monroe of our time. Um, yeah, so, no, but it is helping um, in terms of I've got a few other ideas that aren't that one because <laughs> that's going to take me a long time to convince. But I've already gone to see people at ABC and Screen Australia about and it's sort of it's a really good link yeah. um, to the sort of process of dealing with broadcasters directly um, and also how to approach them and what they might actually want and what they look for. It's 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 a really great watch, uh, and I was, I was kind of like, oh, it's only twenty eight minutes. I, I just wish it was a bit more. Just just, just just a little bit more. And I found the same with with the other opening shots that that I've watched. That they're all like the quality is so high, Brett. Mm-hmm. All that stuff that you say about Australian television just being <laughs> shit. It's just. <laughs> Oh, no, that's about uh, your narrative drama type writing. Oh, it's not oh, documentary. Yeah. Documentary is fantastic. The, the, the quality it's my favourite, Josh. The quality it's of favourite. It's your favourite. Your documentary is your favourite. 
Yep. Your favoritist ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the quality is re- really high and uh, just a, a pleasure to watch and you know a reason for people to start watching ABC too, if ever there was one. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Would be an appropriate. Oh, answer sorry. To thank that. you. <laughs> good. As it should good. be. Good. I meant good for watching ABC too. Yeah. And ABC two will be fun. It'll, it'll get more and more exciting. I think. Well, I think it's, it's offering people, like, I mean, this is also one of the only chances we've been able to do something sort of not experimental in terms of it's got no narrative, but um, a bit more out there and sort of pushing the creative limits because broadcasters have, you know, to fit certain criteria on ABC1 and SBS1 and 10 and 9 and stuff. So it's, ABC2 is a really good forum for younger filmmakers to be able to do something that's a bit more different and a bit more, I suppose, relevant. Um, and exciting too. Mm. I mean, you know, you'd be hard pushed to pitch this idea to anyone else in in the Australian broadcasting scene. I mean, and with good reason. I mean, it's it's in in some cases it's quite a niche. Um, it's it's a niche doco, but ABC two and you know hopefully will continue to do you know to allow these kinds of niche ideas to and, and niche production techniques to sort of you know break through. And there's no way that Channel 10 is breaking that much copyright. So... <laughs> Thank you, ABC. Kate, Kate Pappas and Ben Erickson, we can't wait to, to have you back to talk about your next project. Let's hope it's really, really, really soon. Thank you. I Thank hope you. so too. The island forged me into a weapon. No one can know what I've become. Oliver Queen is alive. You came back from the dead. This calls for something so epic... He was wearing a hood, a green hood. We'll put out an APB on um, Robin Hood. In what is probably the quickest review we will ever do of a TV show, Arrow is the CW's, uh, which is... Uh, Brent. Is it on the Country Western yeah, Channel? It's not the Country Western Channel. We haven't done that joke in a long time. It's on the CW... Uh, which is uh, part owned by Warner Brothers, and it is the uh, the. I thought Warner Brothers was WB. So the WB, the WB. and uh, and UPN used to be separate networks, and then they merged and became what is now the CW mm-hmm. network. I can't wait for a, a merging between the CW and the O network. Make it the Cal network. Told you it was going to be the shortest review ever. <laughs> Uh, so uh, it's it's part owned by uh, Warner Brothers, uh, which also owns DC Comics, as we discussed in the interview. And uh, and uh, DC Comics owns a character called Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow is an environmental uh, an environmental hunter who goes around uh, basically fixing uh, environmental problems with his bow and arrow, and he has some uh, some broody moments in amongst that. Arrow is an adaptation of that story. Uh, where uh, a rich man, Oliver Queen, uh, is shipwrecked uh, and learns amazing skills, uh, comes back from being shipwrecked. Everyone thought that he was dead, and uh, he starts living a second life as a vigilante. In Gotham City. Guy in a green hood. uh, Almost Gotham City. uh, In uh, Starling City, I think. Brenner, Starling, Sterling. You'll find that. It's it's a New York-esque type. Place. Yeah, they all are. In I didn't DC know this universe. was based on a comic. I, I didn't know anything about Seattle, it. I think it's actually a Seattle type place in in DC universe. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, go on. Sorry, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know it was based on a comic. I didn't know. All I knew was called Arrow. Did you? Did, did What's you, your show called Arrow? Did you like it? 
Um, yeah, I, I really did like it. I mean, it's it is what it is. What it is. It's sort of there's there's a few. It seemed like a days of our lives moments there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. And I would. I only watched the first episode, and I sat. I I watched it as I pretended I was an executive at a network at Cow Network, the the boss of Cow Network. And I go, would I would I find this? I would I would I would give that a series. Based you, on that first episode. Yeah, you'd give Definitely. it a full series based on the first episode. I'd give it a full series. Now, there's only four episodes. Is this right? So far. So far. And have they commissioned another? I, I believe, I believe it's, it's going to go uh, full season. Uh, but uh, I, you know what? I didn't look too deeply into this because I, I used to like the Green Arrow character until I just realized he's just a boring whinger. And, uh, and then I thought, well... This is it's great. There's a Green Arrow TV series that I'd heard nothing about. All I knew was there was, there was a show called Arrow. I watched it went, oh, I think this might be Green Arrow. And then they say Oliver Queen. And I go, oh, it is Green Arrow. Great. And then I realise, oh, Green Arrow is just a boring whinger that I don't really <laughs> care about. But this this takes him a little bit further because he's a boring whinging murderer. Uh, he will shoot people through the heart with his bow and arrow without thinking twice. No one thinks of the henchman's family, Brett Cropley. The henchmen just end up in hospital, I, especially in that uh, in that first uh, guy, Adam Hunt, I think it was, that he had to hunt down. Uh, the, the, he uh, came in and said, two of my henchmen were put into the hospital. I don't think they actually died, Josh. It's only an arrow. Like they're, they're yeah, taken out of commission, they can't do any more fighting. They can't just break it off and, and keep on battling. There's on. a lot of arrows. But they go in the hospital. There's a lot of arrows through the left side of the chest. Is uh, is is what I was. This guy looks like he is shooting to kill. Nobody's bloody. Uh, this, but there's a few things. Bows and arrows are hot right now, aren't they? Yeah, because Hunger Games. Hunger Games. You can't. You don't get a hotter weapon than that. Yeah. Do you? Yep. And so is parkour. Yes, and he and, can do them both. And this is a combination of the two. So you think it's you think it's a hot show for that reason? Because obviously, yeah. I'm I'm not the audience for it. Obviously, no. be, being a CW show, it is a teenage boy. Uh, it is aimed at a teenage boy. Dave Lawson, you are a teenage boy. Yeah, and a teenage girl as well. There's, I'm you, sure you think there's some eye candy there. For oh, the, oh, the only problem with this show is it made me feel really unfit. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's in his little under-the-factory-floor gym and he's doing the, the salmon run, which is the, the chin-ups with where you go one level up each time. Yeah, which is that... Uh, yeah, that made me feel unfit as well. <laughs> I thought they must, that must be CGI, him doing that exercise. But, but apparently people can, uh, Pe- can, people do can actually that. do that. But it did make me want to sort of run around town jumping off roofs and throwing sticks at people. <laughs> made me, really made, made me want to eat snacks <laughs> and, uh, and commit... Uh, large corporate crimes. But it, it, it is maybe one day get to meet the green good. arrow. It looked good. I thought it looked great. I have problems with this show just because it just seems like a lot of nothing. It's just there's 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 a lot of you know I, I love comic books. I love the stories in in comic books. I think there's a great opportunity here for a great adaptation of a lesser known character. Uh, there is, however, the visual treatment that they give it, which is this very kind of cliched. Uh, all the wharfs have uh, have kind of mm. very foggy, uh, f- foggy piers on them, and the nightclubs all have uh, large open spaces with strobing lights. Uh, and, his his uh, lair, and his lair, he creates in a 
wouldn't it? Uh, in a dark, a, a darkened warehouse uh, with, you know, 18 different screens in it. That's right. It's everything in this show is a cliche. Yeah, yeah you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. You've got to suspend your disbelief a lot in this. So, <laughs> and, and I think being everything being a cliche is a huge problem for, for me with, uh, with Arrow. This was kind of a spin-off from Smallville. Did you watch much of that? And like, it's some of the visual handling of, of stuff is is similar to that, which is again, it's a problem I had with Smallville. Yeah, it was the, Smallville for me had a bit too much soft focus for me to, to get into any of it at all. See, one of the things I really liked about Smallville was that they never mentioned Superman because they'd once. have to pay rights. Well, yeah, but. Uh, uh, but also, it, like it was a it was a nice constraint on on telling the story. So they never had uniform, they never had uh, uh, costumes, and uh, and could never say Superman. Mm. Uh, I really liked that constraint in in Smallville. I think Arrow just does. I mean, I mean, so far he hasn't been called Green Arrow. He is called a vigilante and yada yada. The, or, or this hunter guy. This hunter guy, or. Mm, Robin Hood He's for got, the city. He is. It's Robin Hood man, isn't it? Yeah. Which is the worst superhero ever, Robin Hood man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's... But, I, I, I mean, the action scenes are good. I thought the all the stunts seem to be pretty real. I mean, he doesn't... They, he can't fly or anything, so he's just got to leap and jump. That's all he can do, isn't it? They do, they do seem fun. And again, this is, this is where I... Well, maybe I've just maybe this is me saying goodbye to the te- teenage boy who <laughs> once once lived inside. You know, maybe ten years ago I would have loved this. Uh, ten years ago, just for the record, I was not a teenage boy. Ten years ago, I was still well outside of being a teenage boy. Uh, but but I think ten years ago, I still had you know the hopes and dreams of a teenager. Uh, now I'm just dead inside. Mm-hmm. If I was a producer, I'd say. Look, let's give this guy a skateboard or a razor scooter, and that would really be great. You think a razor scooter? <laughs> you think a ra- razor scooter? That's the uh, that's hot right now. That's the same. They are so hot. Bows and arrows, razor scooters, and parkour. You don't get much. Hotter how than that. how are you shooting a bow and arrow? While <laughs> how am I shooting a bow and arrow? <laughs> shooting. How are you shooting a bow and arrow while riding a a razor scooter? That's just to get from place to place. Rollerblades, rollerblades. Then they're hot right now, aren't they? They <laughs> are. Aren't they? People still rollerblade these days? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Dave's, um, Dave's like three seconds away from going, I watched this film called Gleaming the Cube the other day. How good are skateboards right now? They are hot right now. I'll tell you what, if, um, if, I'm produ- if I was in charge of that show, if I was the EP, I'd, I'd have the green arrow on, on something. I'd have him on rollerblades before. Maybe a, series. Maybe a uh, turbo fit Segway. A Segway. <laughs> That's what he needs. Something like Fast that. Fast Something like that. <laughs> Joe Barrow. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's arrow. I think. Look, if we haven't if we haven't summed that up uh, for you enough, it's basically it's if, great fun. Mm. If if you're if you're a, a, a it's, it's if if you need a six pack for inspiration, this has got it. <sighs> I don't yeah, think I'm it's work on mine. Yeah, I don't think it is physique. great fun. I just I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit boring. I, I could make half an hour of great fun out of it. His motivation is a bit questionable, maybe. Mm. But I like it because the baddies, if they say something, you go, oh, I wouldn't have said that. You're, uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> I, I do hope it doesn't turn into a world of, like, Gossip Girl, but that's kind of uh, where the character is. Because he's a bit of a playboy. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I want Brenna to, to come back and let us know if, uh, if Robin Hood Man is a 
is a superhero that has already been taken as as an idea because if not i think we should write that yes that's Arrow. It is on uh, the CW and will probably appear uh, on one of the sub-channels on Free-to-Air at some stage in the future. Got your postman. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to box cutters. Uh, we uh, we've had uh, we've had a bunch of a bunch of letters sent in, uh, and some uh, some uh, bits on, uh, on on the blog. Uh, John Mitzi, I almost called you John Lister. Uh, John John Mitzi, you've uh, you've been a, a commenter on the blog in the in in the past. Yes. Uh, under the name Lister. Under that name, there's different pseudonyms. Yes. Yes. Just uh, so maybe in your uh, when you have your box cutters meetups. As I know, everyone does. We, we stick posters on the wall, and mm. yeah. So you might recognise some of these uh, some of these names from uh, from people who have commented on uh, on the blog for uh, episode three hundred and twenty one and our review of Last Resort. Sam wrote, "I had the podcast running over the car stereo yesterday and had some weird looks from my car neighbours during the rant. I totally agree with a majority of what was said. I think the show is just reflecting how much value our media in general gives to people outside of Australia, Europe, and the US." I eat little to none. And Sophie said... I think that the very fact that Last Resort is trying to be post-Empire is what makes it so troubling that no reference is given to the fallout from the nuclear devastation of quite a large country. That these creators have clearly thought about the implications of the post-American Empire world, but still decided not to show us the destruction of Pakistan is, to me, far worse than if the same took place in another show. Which I think is a, I, I think is a good point. Glenn's rant... In that episode, and if you if you haven't listened to episode three hundred twenty one, you, you have to because Glenn's rant about Pakistan and the way that he solves the problem with last resort as uh, as uh, emotional conflict about uh, about nuclear war is superb. If you want to leave a, a comment on the blog, uh, John Mitzi, how, how do they go about doing that? www.boxcutters.net and uh, and just find the episode that you want to that you want to comment on. Tell tell me where I was wrong. And uh, and just put it in, in as a comment in that because uh, that's usually it, isn't it, Brad? That's usually people just saying Josh was wrong in this bit, and why do you let Josh talk so much? Yep. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at hooray at boxcutters dot net. If you watch one thing, Dave Lawson, if you were going to watch one thing this week, considering that now Lowdown is no longer available on uh, on iView. But it'll be coming out in DVD form, I'm pretty sure, soon. So you might want to get that one. That'd be a good Chrissy present. Yep. Just just the last episode. Just the last episode. Just the last episode. Um, a Moody Christmas. I caught the first episode on iView, and I... Really, really enjoyed it. So I AB- thought it was great. ABC Wednesday nights. Uh, you'd be able to episode three when this uh, when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. But catch up on on iView. You mm. saying it's really, really good. John Mitzi, if you're going to watch one thing this week, American Horror Story season two, episode three, four, four is coming out Thursday. <sighs> so you'd you'd fly to the US to uh, to and see back. that and Red back. Eye. Nice, nice. Brett, I found uh, local free-to-air uh, viewing a little bit uh, wanting. 
wanting sparse on the ground mm. uh, thin on the ground um so i have uh, taken the opportunity to start working through my stockpile and uh, i've done about 20 episodes of the original twilight zone series over the weekend i'm hoping to get to the end of the second season uh by this time next you week. had them on vhs no, no. Oh. Uh, I, I have a rip of some sort. Unfortunately, they don't have the commentary on there. You know, you can so. actually buy. You can buy them. You can actually I don't buy get them out on the house. Team Edward or Team Bella? <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that, is, that, is that who they are? No, no, that, not Twilight. <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Okay. It's just a very small, small amount of time when he can just watch Twilight. Right. That's, that's the Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, I, I would watch uh, Meatwork, one of the uh, one of the opening shot uh, documentaries, uh, which is uh, going to be Sunday night at eight thirty on ABC Two. This is a must for anybody who eats meat. Uh, this is how your meat gets to you. Uh, it's a- an amazing documentary. I was, I was really just blown away by it. So it's uh, better than John Safran's uh, little effort on on how meat comes to you in his. Uh, yeah, this one involves no exorcism. Series. No exorcism whatsoever. This is uh, this is just all Different about series. all about abattoirs. Really impressive. Sunday night, eight thirty, ABC Two. Oh. You know what? I can't wait any longer, Brett. For pork. For the places you've strayed. With Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. That's right. Places we have strayed with Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. Brenna, thank you so much for being very patient. Oh, you're more than welcome. I love listening to everything that you have to say that is wrong. <laughs> you only you only hear the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, it's- I've got fine tuning, and I just I, like it's like I have this sort of hearing aid that just goes when you're talking about things that are correct and then wrong, 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 wrong. Oh. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, so please t- tell us, where, where did we stray? Can I just quickly, before we go any further, it's Team Edward or Jacob. Ah, Sorry, Dave. Let's start. Let's you wouldn't be... Because Edward and Bella, they're in love. Oh, that's right. Let's take it back to the start. Because um, we were talking with Kate and Ben about Future Radicals. We did a little intro, a little uh, interview with them. And started talking about the Guy Fawkes mask and about copyright and all that jazz. And you even, Josh even got a shush from Kate. I did. I did. And then I kept going. Don't like mention a, the masks. Like a real journalist. Yeah. I just kept going. It's good we can Hard talk hitting. about it more now. So Alan Jones of you. Um, <laughs> it's- Sorry, like a real asshole. I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found out the uh, well, the illustrator is um, the, the man who created the mask is David Lloyd. Um, Time Warner owns the rights to the image and is paid a licensing fee for the sale of each mask. Um, uh, although people at protests um, have, have been known to uh, buy foreign-made copies to circumvent the corporation. Oh. Yes. Um, there was a protest in uh, in London. It was an Occupy protest, and uh, an anonymous protester uh, it had imported a thousand copies from China, and uh, the distribution goes straight into the pockets of the anonymous beer fund rather than the Warner Brothers. Right. So people are so, so they're effing the that. system. <laughs> yeah. Onto that. You were saying that you didn't watch anything with commercials. Jo- that's John. You're talking to John. John yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm talking to John for the listeners. I'm talking to John, and uh, and I thought, hey. Let's have a little wander down memory lane because I remember when SBS used to be not commercial free um, and I looked it up and the commercial started on SBS um, during 
the first, well, not the first ever episode, but they uh, debuted in Mythbusters um, on a, um, on the 9th of October in 2006. So there you go. There's a bit of trivia no, for you. 9th of October 2006. Yeah. So we'd already been doing this show for, for a, a year. year and a month. Yeah. Did you talk about it back then? Oh, we just we didn't. Very we, we were very We didn't think it was important at all. Right. <laughs> didn't you realise, like, the movies that you were watching at it's, about 3 o'clock in no, the morning on we SBS were being interrupted? I think if you go back and listen to those episodes of, uh, of Box Cutters, it would sound like it was the most outrageous thing to have ever happened to television in its history. We yeah, were pretty right. we were pretty outraged mm-hmm. by uh, mm-hmm. by ads during shows in SBS. Mm-hmm. I was outraged. outraged. Um Josh, you also said uh, that that a Dwight Schrute spin off would fail. Um have you never seen the Schrute memes? I have never seen the Schrute memes. They are so funny. There's a there's a meme site called Schrute Facts, because you know how his his character always is like um, for example, there's I've just I've actually got one here. I'll do it in my best Dwight voice. Lovers in the air, false. Nitrogen, oxygen, argon, and carbon dioxide are in the air. I love it. It's I think true. it's great. I would I would watch a spin-off series of just shrewd facts. Just shrewd facts. Shrewd facts. Um, also, Starling City from Arrow. It is called Starling City, but it's called Star City in the DC comics. Right. So they've just done a little interpretation. Just to spice things up a little bit, just avoiding royalties again from. They own, but they own it. This is this is what I never understood about. The, and there was huge controversy over the the Smallville thing. The the, uh, the creators versus Warner Brothers, who are the rights holders uh, for uh, for Superman storylines. I could never work out what the problem was there. There was a huge problem. We even covered it on box cutters, and at that time, I couldn't work it out. I did research into it; still couldn't work it out. Still doesn't make sense. No, still doesn't make sense. Josh, you suggested that uh, Robin Hood Man is the lamest superhero ever. Well. False. The lamest superhero. No, I seriously found an amazing site which has the top ten lamest superheroes of all oh, time. Please do a comic book. Um, <laughs> the Red Bee. Um, <laughs> the Red Bee was basically your powerless vigilante type character. However, instead of wearing a cool costume like Batman or the Shadow, the Red Bee opted for a red pirate. Shirt and pink poofy sleeves with red and yellow striped tights. This is my favourite, number seven, Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> Matter Eater Lad should at least get the award for the worst superhero name in comic history. He had the ability to eat through substance. Ooh. <laughs> so, so do I. <laughs> uh, number six is Dog Wielder. So a man who just like... Wields uses, dogs. Wields dogs, essentially. Mm. Um, that's, that's nowhere near as good as Dog Welder. <laughs> oh, it is Dog Welder. Sorry, no. Oh, it, I is? Miss, it is Dog Welder. He welds with dogs. <laughs> what, he welds dogs together? Um, Dog Welder was like part of the superhero team known as Section 8. Yeah, he goes around welding stray dogs to villains' faces. <laughs> Has that been cast yet? Because <laughs> yeah. Dave, you'd be right on top of that. Arm fall off, boy, and he takes his—he <laughs> can pull his arm off to clobber someone over the head. Um, there's someone called Vibe who does break dancing. Uh, the Legion of Super Pets, which is a bunch of like dogs and monkeys and horses and cats dressed up like Superman. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So what you're saying there, Brenner, is mm. uh, is Robin Hood Man. It's available. Robin Hood Man. Yeah, is well, available. it's available. He might. He could be number eleven. I'm going to try to get RobinHoodMan.com. I can't then, believe uh, by Curious Boys. Yeah, because there's no, the there's no uh, Robin Hood Man. No Robin Hood Man. No Robin Hood Man. We're going to try to get RobinHoodMan.com, and then uh, we can have our spin-off yeah. series. Mm-hmm. You might have the first ever Hotmail Robin Hood Man no number at Hotmail.com. <gasps> 
Oh. And then we'll all have to get two, three, four. Hotmail's where and it's And we'll at. rue the day that I let you know that Robin Hood Man was never invented. Yeah. And, and then while we're all on our Razor scooters with our <laughs> Hotmail addresses. Can I, can I get that through AOL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, uh, I'll give you the CompuServe number to, to dial into. Br- Brenna Courtney Glazebrook, I think you helped us sway, stray, and sway. Yeah, you, I you really ha- I think you, I helped you stray you a little. You helped us stray, stray a lot. But thank, thank you so much. Uh, You're more that than welcome. Brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode, uh, what is it, 323? Aww. Sure, why not? I want to say thanks very much to Kate and Ben, whose documentary Future Radicals can be seen on the 18th of November. That would love I also want to say thanks very much to John Mitzi, uh, who has been a, a fantastic guest donor. Th- thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, uh, Could and not have done it without you. Yeah. Yeah. And being a part of the Boxcutters family for all these years, it's, it really has meant a lot. And I love this opportunity that we've had to, to actually meet a, a bunch of them. It's a shame that they don't feel the same way. But, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm hoping they'll come back for our Christmas party. Great, now we have to organise a Christmas party. It's done. Don't worry about it. It's bad enough that I'm well aware that we still haven't edited the video from uh, South by Have Southwest. you not? Yeah, because with all the spare time that I've had, Brett, I've really just, yeah. Give it to me. I'll stick it together. Will you? Will you yep. really? Yeah, I will. You, you really I will? I will. All right, I'll yeah. give it to you. All right. Only on VHS. About time you volunteer to do something. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Dave Lawson, thanks for listening. From the tram or the train or the tree. <laughs> the tree! Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm John Mithy. I'm Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. And I continue to be bred properly. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. My name is John Mitzi and I donated to the Box Cutters South by Southwest Fund. This episode of Box Cutters was produced by Josh Canal with Brett Copley and John Richards. Brett Copley rides their levels like a smooth surfer. Peter Wilson from Supergiant makes unnecessary purchases and makes it easy for you to download the show quickly. John Richards edits the show with patience, although she doesn't nearly do as much work as he does. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. If you enjoyed the show, just tell three friends about it and help them enjoy it. If that's too hard, you can always just go to iTunes and write a review about how excellent it is. They need the attention. Something, 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 Pete Smith. What? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.